This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. If you don't like uh, children, the devil may have a foothold in your heart. I love winning the hearts of the congregation in my opening 10 seconds. If you don't like kids and babies, the snotty ones and the stinky ones and the smelly ones and the pooping ones, if you don't like kids, the devil may have a foothold in your heart. Well, this morning we're going to look at a scene in Jesus' life uh, where people are bringing children to him. And the disciples have a really, really interesting response. And so to set this text up, uh, it reminds me of this time uh, when we were in New York City. We previously pastored a church in New York City many years ago, and uh, we, our, our church met on the, the sixth floor in this like art loft space. Is that too loud? Is the mic too loud? Are we okay this morning? Okay, we're good. Great. Thumbs up. Fantastic. Um, we met on the sixth floor in this art loft, and um, we kind of got into this strip on Broadway, at the corner of 27th and Broadway, before the neighborhood really, like, got hot. So it was like kind of a ratty, like, sweatshop kind of neighborhood. And, like, almost immediately after our church moved into this space, everything started to pick up a bit. And so right next to our church space, there was this fancy, swank hotel with this really nice restaurant that went in right under, right next to uh, the place. And um, President Obama was going to do a fundraiser in the hotel right next to us. And so I thought, I'm going to get in the office before they shut down the block, and I'm just camping out all day. I'm staying because I want to see how this unfolds. And so we roll in, and sure enough, like, you know, they lock down the whole block and right next to our office. And so on, you know, New York City buildings, you've got, like, fire escapes out of every building. And so on the back, like, right behind, you know, it would have been, like, in the back here, on the back of our stage in our little worship space, small little space, there was a door that went out to the fire escape. And so I wait for all the, you know, they, they shut the block down, and I wait for everything to happen, and, you know, here comes the motorcade, you know, and I'm like, he's right next door, you know, like, it's happening right next door. And I go out on the fire escape, and I look up, and there's, like, dudes with giant guns, like, on the roofs of the buildings right next to ours, and immediately, they're like, go back inside! And I'm like, Okay. You don't have to say please, you know? Got it, right? Got it. They were ready, and they rebuked me for stepping into a place that I was not welcome. And in the scene that we're going to see in Luke, go ahead and turn your Bibles over there. Um, Luke chapter 18. In this scene in Luke, people are bringing infants to Jesus. 
They're bringing infants to Jesus. There was a lot of buzz around Jesus' ministry. He was attracting big crowds. Lots of people wanting to come and listen to his teaching. Now, everybody that was listening to his teaching weren't loyal to his teaching. Everybody that was listening to his teaching weren't aligning with his teaching. Maybe, maybe that's something for you to ponder this morning. You're here listening to the Lord's teaching through the sacred scriptures. But you're not necessarily aligning your life with his teaching. So large crowds were gathering around Jesus, listening to his teaching, and he would heal people, and like all the buzz, like you could just imagine the buzz that would spread and the news that would spread when Jesus would heal somebody. And you could just imagine like when Jesus would, you know, be like up in the, you know, in the business of the Pharisees, and he would say something that really kind of rubbed them against the wrong way, how like just like the news would spread in town of like that rabbi was like putting the Pharisees in their place. I've not seen anything like this before. And so these people were bringing their infants to Jesus. Something was stirring in their hearts of faith. Maybe they didn't altogether understand who Jesus was yet, but they knew we've got to get our babies in the presence of Jesus. Not yet sure who this man fully is, but we want, we want Jesus to touch our, our babies. And the disciples responded similar to those snipers on the roof. Look at it with me. Look at it with me. Verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. There's the moment. There's the moment. I step out, I step out on the fire escape and immediately these big armed, you know, several men on the roof, not welcome here. Go back inside. Like they rebuked me from stepping out onto the fire escape. You are not welcome here. That's what the disciples were doing. People were bringing their infants to Jesus saying, hey, here, here, touch our, please touch our babies. And the disciples were like, hey, 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 Jesus got more important things to do. Jesus has more important people to, to talk to. Hey, hey, we got really important stuff to, to deal with. Would you just kind of clear the way here? Can you, can, you, can you imagine this moment? I mean, I can understand like the disciples a little bit. It's like Jesus is doing crazy, incredible things. He's talking to the elite, the Pharisees. He's, he's speaking and teaching them. and He's healing people that had illnesses their whole life. And so here people come up with a baby. Here, touch the baby. And, and the disciples rebuke them. Rebuke them. I wonder, I wonder what exactly they said. In their rebuke, I wonder what they said. I wonder what the tone of their voice was. <laughs> the disciples didn't yet figure out who Jesus was totally and, and what he was all about. So look at this with me, verse 16. But Jesus called to them, called them to him saying, let the children come to me. And do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. What we, what we see is that, is that Jesus wanted the babies to be close to him. Jesus welcomed them. Jesus wanted his schedule interrupted with people bringing babies to him. Maybe that's what the disciples were thinking. We got things to do, people to see, places to go. Jesus got a lot of ministry ahead of him. Don't bother him with the babies. 
They're just messy, you know. They're loud, you know, like, don't bother Jesus with the, with the babies. And Jesus said, no, hey, we, they, don't, they don't understand. Would you, guys, would you guys bring them here to me? Would you, would you bring them over here to me? I, I, no, I, they, they're very welcome here. I, I want them. I want them here. So as a follower of Jesus, the whole goal of our life is to align our heart with Jesus' heart. The, the whole goal of our life is to bring glory to God by aligning our life with the purposes of Jesus and the passion of Jesus. Our, the goal of our life is to find out what is Jesus committed to, and then we are to commit to that. What is Jesus love, and we're to love that. What is Jesus like, and we're to become like that. And so out of this text, the simple first idea this morning is just simply this. Treasure children. Treasure children. Do you, do you see it? So like... Okay, yeah, so if I don't like children, maybe the devil does have a foothold in my heart. Treasure children. Uh, the president, having his fundraiser, pretty important dude, lots of bodyguards with big guns. You don't get in unless you're welcomed. You don't get in unless you're important. You don't get into the presence of the president unless you're really, really important. And you don't get into the presence of Jesus unless you're really, really important. And Jesus said, would you bring the babies to me? Would you bring the children to me? They're really, really important to me. So this morning, I want to give you seven, maybe eight ways to treasure children. This is not the only thing we're going to unpack this morning, but let's just get really practical this morning and let's just get some handles around how do we treasure children? How do we align our heart and our life with Jesus' heart? He loves children. How do we? So the first thing that we are to do this morning is just simply confess any ungodly attitude toward children. So, so some of you are like, no, I've been there, done that, don't like them. You know, why don't you like them? Why don't you like children? What is it about them that you despise, that Jesus loved and wanted and welcomed? What, do, what does Jesus see in children that you don't? So, so this morning, there's an opportunity for us to see, Jesus, you wanted the babies close to you. You wanted the children close to you. And so many of us this morning would say, we don't want them close to us. So, Lord, we want to confess this ungodly, this unchristlike attitude, and we don't even know how we got in this place, and we don't even know why we don't like kids, and we don't even know why, you know, like, like maybe we've got a few reasons, but they seem like shallow reasons. And so, Lord Jesus, we need you to do something in our heart that we can't do on our own. So we just confess this to you, Lord. We're not where we need to be in how we think about kids. The second is we need to advocate for the unborn. We need to advocate for the unborn born. There's a, there's a group called the Gutmacher Institute, and they seek to compile, compile statistics on how many abortions take place in our country year-round. And their compilation uh, for 2017 is about 862,300 abortions that take place in our country. Now, that's, that's the number that they were able to get by way of reporting so it doesn't include any unreported clinics and groups that, would, that were unwilling to give their information to the Guttmacher Institute. The CDC's numbers 
The CDC only records abortion numbers for abortions that are the clinics that voluntarily report their numbers. And so the CDC numbers are about 200,000 less than the Guttmacher's Institute. And so I could only imagine how many abortions take place in our country that are not uh, recorded and that are not reported. And this is devastating, isn't it? It's, it's, it's horrific, really. And I know that there are some people here this morning that have had abortions, and we want you to know that the grace of Jesus is available for you. And, 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 and the, the hope this morning is not that you would walk away in shame, but you would walk away rejoicing that though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That the Lord Jesus said, because of the cross and the resurrection, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So friends, if you've committed the wicked sin of abortion, don't let the devil get a foothold in your heart this morning of, of shame or guilt. Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sins on the cross. But collectively now, let us advocate for the unborn. Let's be a voice to the voiceless. You know, it's amazing that there are a lot of countries in the world that, that do not legally allow abortions at all. At all. Any, whatsoever, under any circumstances. And I rejoice in these countries like the Philippines, in Egypt, and uh, the West Bank, in Gaza, in Haiti, in El Salvador, in Nicaragua in the Dominican Republic, they do not have legalized abortion in their country at all, in, under any circumstances. There's other countries that have it under the circumstances of if the, if the mom were to, if her life were to be under risk. And so as we think about treasuring children, one of the things we must do is advocate for the unborn and to bring our creativity, and to bring our innovation, and to bring our resources, and to bring our connections, and to bring our voting, and to bring... A, all of ourselves to treasure what Jesus treasured is to treasure children. Uh, another practical step that we can take in treasuring children is serving in real life babies and kids. Why are you laughing? <laughs> like everybody that serves in real life babies and kids are like, that's right, that's right. You know, and they're like, that's right, that's right, that's right. You know, we have a goal in real life kids to limit our small groups to eight kids. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. But we want to do that because we believe when, when kids get into a small group of eight people, they're going to be dialed in. It's going to have their attention. They're, the leader is going to know their name. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be much higher impact than if it was a group of 12 and the leader's just maintaining the chaos. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but our church has been growing <laughs> Our church has been growing rapidly. Lots of new families. Every Sunday. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. So what does that mean? It means that every Sunday needs to be somebody's first Sunday serving in kids. Because we've got to keep the small groups small enough so that, so that the seeds of the gospel are being sown into kids' lives. So that the songs that the babies are being heard sung, it can be, they can hear it loud enough because the, the noise is not so loud because there's not enough adults there. And can I just tell you, can I just tell you, since the start of our church, we have had an army of passionate, servant-hearted volunteers leading in babies and kids. It's been amazing. It's a tribute to our leadership that are recruiting and, and enthusiastic about that ministry. It's really awesome. I'm so thankful 
Like as a, as a pastor, to know we've got an army of volunteers. But as we grow, the opportunity for you to step in and to treasure children and to be an absolute world changer is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, I could, I could tell you about moments when I was in third grade, when my third grade Sunday school teacher was teaching me the story of Jesus and how she got so undone in emotion, she could not finish the story. Third grade, she could not finish the story, and she had to call in one of the other adults to finish the story. I will never forget that for the rest of my life. And that's the opportunity that you have is to roll up your sleeves and to say, I'm going to treasure children. I'm going to sign up. I love, there's some, some pictures, if we haven't already thrown them up here, um, of, of some of our, don't you love that? Come on, somebody's getting ready for Palm Sunday. You know, the kids are singing on Palm Sunday. It's going to be a riot. It's going to be so awesome. Look at that. Okay, just pause that, that photo because this is one of my favorites right here. Because the man in the white shirt here, uh, his name is Brad Fowers. And Brad served in our milita- military uh, fearlessly for many, many, many years. And here, he's leading a song in Real Life Kids. But 20 years ago, his team was the first team on the ground in Afghanistan after 9-11. So some of you think you're too manly to serve in kids. (laughs) I dare you to tell Brad that. I remember before we started the church, I don't want to embarrass him, I don't know if he's here this morning. He's He's probably singing in kids right now. I remember when we were preparing to start the church, we went over to the Fowers' house to, to invite them to, hey, would you help us start this church? And uh, I remember going down the steps in, in Brad's house, and um, like my jaw dropped at how big his back muscles were. I'm serious. Like I'm, I'm looking at a beast of a man, and I've never seen back muscles so large, so up close, and my jaw literally dropped. Well, thank God there are men with giant back muscles that are protecting the United States of America. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm really appreciative of those large back muscles. Do you know what I mean? I'm really glad that there's men in this room right now that could break me with their pinky in less than five minutes. But I'm even super excited that they choose to roll up their sleeves and lead songs in Real Life Kids. And I think, wow, what a manly thing to do. Why, why, why do you not treasure kids? And what does Jesus see in them that you don't yet see in them? Some, um, some of you, um, wait, here's, here's, another, here's another practical thing. You can give to real life. And you're like, ah, of course the preacher's going to work giving into the sermon. Yeah, this is about kids. It's not about giving. Oh, no, it's about giving. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Um, every... Every real-life kid and real-life baby's volunteer has to be background-checked like every year, year and a half, and every background check costs money. And every kid that goes to camp with us this summer, we supplement uh, their cost of camp through your giving so that they can go to camp. And if you're a parent, you know that in the, in the back we've got like check-in computers and little machines, and you know that they don't always work right. And so sometimes we have to buy new ones and buy better ones because they don't always work right, and we do that through your giving. So when we treasure children, listen, when we treasure children, we give to the ministry so that children can have their lives and trajectories altered and become world changers for Jesus. Materials for groups and events. I love, let's show, show, 
Can, we, can I pivot back to those pictures? Um, look, at, uh, look at this one where they're out on the field. Now, that's cute. Come on, somebody. And then um, go ahead and go to the next one. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Yes, we saw to pick out the cutest picture we could to put in front of you this morning. All right. Now, go to the next one. I love this. Look at all that. Look at all it's like, oh, this was Color Wars, not Color Wars. This was uh, Kid Olympics last year. So keep your ears tuned to Kid Olympics. It's such a fun event because our students actually help run the event for the kids. But everything that we use out there, we purchase through your giving so that they could have the time of their life and make memories that opens up their heart so that they can hear and understand the gospel. Um. You know, we, uh, they don't get paid a lot, and they'll be the first to tell you this, but, um, but for our real-life babies director and our real-life uh, kids director, um, we, we, we pay them a little bit for their work, a little bit. Um, but because you give, we're able to do that. We're able to treasure children by paying them to say, we want to pay you for what you're doing with them and the direction that you're give, getting. And then, and then most of you that have been around here a while, you know this, um, but we, we have two child care workers for every one of our community groups, and we pay for them. It's over $30,000 a year. Now, why do we do that? It's because the safety of the children in a home is important to us because it's important to Jesus. That's why we do it. So a very practical step you can take this morning is giving to Jesus through your church in real life. Now, some of you, you've, some of you, you have a tendency to be in your head. And what I mean by that is, is you process things and you think about things for long periods of time and you roll them over and over and over and over again. And that's not a bad thing. Like we, the Bible would call you wise, <laughs> right? Um, but, but for this morning, you've got to get out of your head and into your hands. Because there's probably somebody here this morning that has said, you know what, we've been thinking about giving for a year and a half. And there's probably somebody here this morning that says, you know what, I've been, I've been praying about serving in kids for the last two years. And so this morning has to be the morning, listen friends, this morning has to be the morning that you step out of your head into your hands and you begin to give to treasure children or you begin to serve to treasure children because Jesus treasures, treasures children. So somebody needed that this morning. Somebody needed to hear their pastor get out of your head and get into your hands. So confess ungodly attitudes and advocate for the unborn and serve in real-life babies and kids or give to real life and disciple your children. Disciple your children. Listen, um, just even a casual reading of the scriptures leads us to come away with the understanding that it's our parents, that it's the parents' privilege and responsibility to disciple our own children. So that takes great intentionality and that takes great effort and it's a great privilege that God has entrusted to us. There's some folks, listen, there's some folks that say, you know what, um, I don't want to pressure my kids to believe what I believe. Well, getting them to church is not pressuring them to believe it. It's putting them in a place where they can hear it for themselves, they can consider it for themselves, and they can choose it for themselves. But listen, parents, if you're worshiping online, listen to me. If you're in the building, listen to me. If you're not intentionally committed to getting your kids in the presence of Jesus, the chances of them choosing Jesus go way down. They go way down. And some of you, listen, some of you are so afraid of pressuring your kids, afraid that they won't choose to follow Jesus, just give them a chance. And so you see these families, they were bringing their babies 
to be touched by Jesus. And some of you need to wake up and say, hello, the world is touching my kids, but Jesus isn't touching them yet because I haven't gotten them into the presence of Jesus. Some of you need to wake up and say, it is my responsibility before God to get my kids in the presence of Jesus Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And listen, discipleship happens. Your kids are being discipled by someone. And it's either you and Jesus or the world. So if you leave them, if you leave them at home, when you come to worship, there's not like, it's not a, like a passive, neutral engagement on YouTube when they're at home. They're actively, intentionally being discipled by the world. It's crazy to me to the, that we, that we want to say and think, I don't want to get my kids in church, and I don't want to insist that they come to church with me. Listen, you only got a few years to, assist, to insist this. You got a little tiny window where you get to insist it. And then that window's done. They're 18. And they're going to do whatever they want to do. So you got to get them into the presence of Jesus to hear about the amazing love of Jesus so that their heart is captured. It's crazy to me that we'll give our kids smartphones with just unlimited social media influence, but we'll be too, too afraid and passive to pressure them. And we let them choose if they're going to come to church or not. Oh, may the Lord open our eyes and see the folly of our way. I want to let you know of a couple of resources we've got, um, just some Easter resources. Listen, we don't upcharge these or make a dollar on them. We just put good resources in your pathway. Here's a little, uh, just a little picture book, the Easter story, the Easter Bible story book that's in the bookstore today. You can pick that up for your littlest ones. Um, and uh, Mission Accomplished by Scott James. This is a two-week uh, family Easter devotional. So you can snag one of these uh, as we ramp up toward Easter um, so parents, here you go. Here's a tool. Here's a resource. You're like, I disciple my kids. I don't know where to start. Start here. Just start, just start here. Just take a step. You don't have to have a blueprint. You don't have to have a big plan. You don't have to, you have to be intentional. You have to get out of your head and get into your hands. It's, 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 you, you got to be done thinking about it and praying about it and you got to start doing it. Disciple your kids. Protect children. Protect children. We've got some dear real lifers that, um, that are passionate about advocating to make sure um, that there's, there's not ungodly material being put in local schools. And they advocate for it, and they go to school board meetings, and they're paying attention to what's in the libraries, and, and they're really passionate and really intentional because they want to protect children. And this is part of how we treasure them. I think about the Reese family and... It's just amazing. They've got four kids, but they're, they're fostering um, their nephew, seeking to adopt him because of a difficult family situation. Just amazing. That kind of sacrifice. What would, what, would, what would compel someone to make that kind of sacrifice? Four kids is enough, right? It's like exhausting, right? What would possess them to take on another little one? It's the heart of Jesus. It's a heart that's aligned with the heart of Jesus. We can foster or adopt. There's 8,000 children in the foster system in Montgomery County and 4,000 homes, approximately. We can foster, foster or adopt. And as parents, we're to be open to the gift of children. We're to be open to the gift of children. Some, some folks, they kind of have their plan and children are not included, but when we capture the heart of Jesus and he says, no, let them come to me, 
Why would you not let them come to you? So in, in other words, when you get pregnant before you were planning on it, it's not an inconvenience. It's a gift from God. The one who opens the womb. It's a gift from God. The children are not an inconvenience. They're a treasure. They're a gift. And they're to be treated as such. So let's treasure our children. The last big idea, and this is probably the bigger idea in this text, is to trust like children. We're to treasure children, but we're to trust like children. That's the idea. Look at it, back, look at it with me again. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called, to them, called, called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. And then he explains what he means by that in verse 17. Look at verse 17. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So the scripture is really clear that there's a natural process of maturity that we must walk as believers. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11, Paul says it this way, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, excuse me, I gave up childish ways. So Jesus here is not saying be childish. Jesus is saying, look at how children trust. Look at how they trust. And trust like children. In, in, the, in Hebrews, Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14, for though by this time, the author of Hebrews writes, for by... This time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. What's, what's the imagery there? A baby. A baby needs milk, not solid food. And he's saying, speaking of the church, you need milk. You're not even really ready for solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So here the scripture is speaking using the, the word being like a child is a negative sense in that you ought to be more mature in your understanding of God's word. But, but Jesus is commending that we would be like a child. How? That we would trust like children. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have uh, powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So maturity, spiritual maturity, manifests itself and expresses itself in childlike faith. You just think about the childlike faith that's required to believe the Bible, like all of it. God speaks through a burning bush, and God parts the Red Seas, and Israel walks through it, and it crashes back upon Egypt. There's a global flood that God judges the earth with and in His grace spares Noah who built a boat. You've got David and Goliath. You've got the sun standing still. You've got God showing up in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've got uh, Daniel being spared while in the lion's den. You've got the walls of Jericho falling down. You've got Jesus walking on water. You've got diseases being healed and you've got Jesus the son of God rising from the dead and now here we are believing that he's going to come again it requires faith it requires childlike faith can I, can I have that 
And can I get a volunteer? No, the phone. Thank you. You are my beloved. Can I get a volunteer that's like under like 10 years old or younger? 10 years old or younger? Oh, yeah. Come on, big guy. All right. It's my Christmas money right there, buddy. Still hanging on since March. All right. Let's just you stand right here. All right. You're going to guess which hand it's in. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're probably going to put it uh, behind your back and just keep it. Which hand? Are you sure? You positive? You don't want to try this one? Hang on. Are you sure? That's what you guessed the first time. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. All right. This is my son Parker. You're doing a good job. Wow. You get to keep it. You did a good job. You can sit down. You guys give it up. Don't need an adult. <laughs> but but we do need an adult, right? We do, we do need an adult. Because, because if, if I called you up here this morning and, and I said, guess, what, guess which hand? You'd be like, uh, uh. And if you could see his eyes with wonder here. And I brought it out a second time. And he's, he's like, I'm, I'm going to guess again. I'm going to guess again. What, what is that? That's, the, that's like childlike faith, Right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling him there's something in my hands. All right, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know. He's, he's seen me do that too many times. Like, he thought I was sticking in my pocket too, right? Did you hear that? Right. Um, years ago, I heard that God requires the same thing from a NASA astronaut as he does a nine-year-old. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. It's possible to try to be too smart for Jesus. And the Bible says we're to, we're to test the spirits. Um, but we're not, we're not to let skepticism prevent us from childlike faith. We're not, we're not to let cynicism prevent us from childlike faith. And some of you this morning, like, you're, like you are so ready to get in the car because you're like, this message was from my husband. He's got to figure it all out. He's got all the questions. He didn't want to serve Jesus. He just kind of sits on the, he just sits on the outskirts until, until. Listen, you can, tr- you can trust Jesus this morning with a childlike faith and not have all your important questions answered. And if you wait until you have every single question you have answered, you may not come and trust Jesus. And listen to what he says. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter into it. So you can flirt with Jesus, and you can think about Jesus, and you can read about Jesus, and you can investigate Jesus and not trust Jesus like a child. And you can listen to songs about Jesus, and you can listen to sermons about Jesus. And you can buy books about Jesus and not trust Jesus like a child. Some of you are going to go through a trial this year, and the only way you're going to get through it is by trusting Jesus like a child. 
And some of you, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're going to, as soon as the podcast drops, you're like, my friend's got to hear this. My spouse has got to hear this. And I just want to share one kind of closing verse for us from Jude. And it's this, and have mercy on those who doubt. Have mercy on those who doubt. So if you've got a loved one, if you've got a friend and you're just like, man, they're just too analytical and they're just too intelligent and they're just too, have mercy on them. Be patient with them. Be gentle with them. Encourage them. Don't be harsh with them. Like, hopefully the, the sermon didn't feel like a hammer this morning, but you could hammer them on the ride home. Don't do that. Don't do that. Have mercy. Have mercy on them. Why? Because Jesus Christ, he's had such great mercy on us when we doubt, hasn't he? Such great mercy. We're going to come to Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper this morning. And it's a reminder meal. It's a celebration meal that reminds us that even, even when our heart is plagued with doubt, Jesus is merciful to us. It's not the size of our faith that moves the heart of God. It's the, the object of our faith. And when we place our faith in Jesus, he saves us. He saves us sufficiently and completely for all of our days and into an eternity. He saves us when we trust in him, even though we're plagued by doubt, even though it's our faith that, that springs up out of the soil of doubt. And so we're going to come to Holy Communion this morning to strengthen our faith. We're going to come to the Lord's Supper this morning to, to take the bread which represents Jesus' crucified body and dip it in the cup which represents Jesus' blood that he shed for us. And as we eat it, we're fighting for faith. As, as we eat it, we're fighting for our faith to be less sophisticated and more childlike. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward and to make your way to the back. And I want to encourage many of you to make your way to the back just so we can move through at a, a, a pace that's going to honor our morning. And you just come up the aisles and make your way back down the front. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we're so glad you are here. You are at the right place. This meal isn't for you yet to taste. It's just for you to consider. So as we, as we take this, this meal, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, just remain where you're seated and consider the invitation to receive God's grace. Just consider it. But if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, confess any ungodly attitude that you have toward children and come and be reminded that you're forgiven in Christ. Amen, church? Father, we thank you for your great love, and we don't understand it. We're so unworthy of it, but we thank you for it, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you looked upon us when we were kids, when we were children, when we were infants, and you loved us then. You treasured us then. Lord, help us to treasure children. And Father, this morning, sometimes we just feel so frail in our faith, and we pray as we come to the Lord's Supper, strengthen our faith, strengthen our childlike faith. We pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.